Let's give a big shout out to my main man, Jim the Jim Jones, brother. He's so cool, he has his own rating scale on the Genesis Gems podcast. And let me tell you something else, dude. Jim is a Patreon supporter, so thank you, Jim. You're the man. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems episode 58. I am Nick Stevens, and with me this time is... Aaron, hey, what's up, guys? Aaron, what's up, man? How you been? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Uh, just Well, not because I just dropped my kids off at their mothers. Uh, no, I'm doing <laughs> great because it's it's just been a, it's been a pretty good week, except for getting a sick uh, a, a day or two there. Um, it, it's, been, uh, it's been awesome, because, I don't know gotten to work on a lot of music some, some of which i will mention on sega snippets yeah. um and gotten to really get to know some people make some new friends uh over at retro bliss which uh they're actually going to be on our podcast pretty soon here and that's yeah. uh, uh trevor and johnny uh they do a great show family friendly uh Sometimes I've seen some exp- mostly. <laughs> There's a few shows. Most of the time, There's at least they tag shows. it. They do tag yeah, it. Yeah, they tag good. it if it's not. But most of their shows are family But they they've covered a ton of LJN games um, and games that don't stink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and everything in between. They they cover Sega Genesis, NES, Super Nintendo, uh, all the lesser systems. You know. Yeah, I mean, you definitely need to make some friends when you hang around me too much. <laughs> it kind of brought you down some. You got to get back up here in a good standing of the friendship world. That's right. <laughs> nah, that's cool. Those guys seem really cool. Uh, Trevor's been a uh, supporter of our podcast for a long time, so oh yeah, definitely excited to have them on. We'll we'll announce what game we're going to play later. We won't. Yes, ruin that yet. it's going to be really exciting. <laughs> um, but I'm actually going to be on their show next yeah. week. What do you guys? Yeah. Cover, what do you guys cover? We're covering Blast Cores on the N64. Oh yeah, that's is that was that a rare game? It was Rare's very first game on yeah. that system. And love for my game. money, it's actually my favorite <laughs> rare game on the system. Oh. Like I, I love. Uh, I'll be honest, you know, I like Diddy Kong Racing, and uh, I didn't play Banjo Kazooie or Conker's Bad Fur Day much in their prime, but uh, I enjoy those too. But for yeah. some reason, Blast Cores is just. Uh, game that's forever etched in my memory i guess the very unique game yeah i give the generic answer i think golden eye was my favorite rare game that's everyone's oh, yeah yeah golden eye just for the multiplayer alone yeah. was a lot of fun now it, it really hasn't aged not at all, all that well not at all yeah i mean quake has aged a lot better than that yeah game. i can play the doom on 64 a little bit better than i can play golden eye but hey for the time you couldn't beat that game yeah yeah it's cool man yeah they'll be fun what about you how have you been? I've been good. Uh, I know I missed the uh, last Patreon episode, which was a little sad. It's the first time that I haven't been on a Genesis Gems episode. But uh been a little crazy right now in life. I just uh, accepted a new job, which is pretty cool. Um, wrapping up my old job right now. I've been working at the same place for like 12 years, so kind of bittersweet. 
So life's a little crazy, but it's good. It's good. This, this job's closer to home. It should allow me more time to even dedicate into the podcast. Uh, definitely more time to dedicate to my family, which is important. So, uh, but crazy, but good. So I was uh, happy hey. to hear you and Landon kill it on the Snatcher episode, though. That was cool. <laughs> we tried. We really tried. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. We missed you, but uh, know, hopefully you'll get to play through that game uh, when yeah. you have more time. Yeah, and, and all those that uh, listen to us on Patreon and those who don't need to go check it out because we're going to be covering Typing of the Dead this month. Can't wait. Man. Yes. Can't wait. I've been my I'm I, getting getting my uh, 70 words a minute up to 80 now. So, you know, trying to get my fingers ready to go. Warming up my fingers. <laughs> yes. WPM, man. That's right. Mavis Beacon's got nothing <laughs> oh, on Typing yes. of the Dead. Mavis Beacon. Love it. That's right. <laughs> when I was in typing class, uh, I remember they this lady used to put a uh, like cardboard box over our hands. And you couldn't look down at your hands. It was awesome. That is awesome. And I remember I got through the typing class like before anybody that was in my grade. And um, I thought, all right, I'm going to get to slack off the rest of the year. And then she just made me do it all again. <laughs> like the oh, whole course. No. You got to be kidding I'm, me. I'm so glad I got to skip typing classes. And well, in high school, you know, most people had to take one. Uh, I, since I did telecommunica- telecommunications and networking, uh, we would do our work and then just play Quake. Yeah. <laughs> like tribes, like the rest of the tribes. class. Tribes, oh man. Epic, yeah. Ski, skiing down the mountains, right? <laughs> Pretty much, and, and jetpacks. Oh, that Love was... tribes, yeah. Fun, yeah. That was a good one. Oh, man. Well, yeah, so Genesis Gems, guys. Uh, if you'd like to connect with us, check us out on our website at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Gems. Shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at GenGems. We are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. And we are part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. Something I want to spend a little bit in these episodes is highlight a Retro Junkie show. Uh, would love to highlight right now the No Swear Gamer. Go check him out over at YouTube. Just type in No Swear Gamer and he'll pop up. I've been putting some of his videos on our Facebook group page. He recently, ponytail. Yeah, yeah. he recently took a challenge from us, did Crystal's Ponytail. So uh, big thank you to uh, the No Swear Gamer for that. I actually went out on my personal account on Patreon and donated a dollar to his uh, his show. So go check him out on YouTube, No Swear Gamer, and on Patreon at No Swear Gamer as well. And I will post every link of his on the show notes. So there you go, Mr. Phil. Appreciate all your support. He's always got good feedback for us at the Genesis Gems. I love that guy. Such a good guy. Uh, just a good good man. Just seems like a good family man. So go check him out and give him some support. And uh, as far as listener business goes, I say uh, thank you to everyone who's been supporting the Patreon. We are actually at the point where all of our fees are almost completely uh, free. Um, like I mentioned, I'm just going to be open with the money. You know, We're paying about $75 a month towards our Podomatic. We're getting about $9 from Patreon, which is great. It covers that. But some of that money is also going back into the um, gifts that we have to give out for certain certain tiers. So we're still a little bit under the budget where we'd like to be. Le- would love to be at $100 a month. That would completely pay everything right out. Right out uh, just you know, right even. So, guys, thank you so much for that. And we actually have a new patron. I just want to give a big thanks. I'm probably going to butcher the name, so please correct me if I'm wrong. Just shoot us an email. But this uh, got a dollar pledge a month from Bastian Nocera. Uh, joined at the end of May, so want to say big thanks to Bastian. Bastian, however you say that. Um, also got a new iTunes review, so we're up to Woo-hoo. 53, which is this awesome. I uh, want to say big thanks to Escape Soul 01. Uh, Escape Soul says, hey, GG, you guys are awesome. This podcast always makes my day. Keep up the great work. And it was titled Gem of a Podcast with five stars. So big thanks there, Escape Soul. Appreciate so. it. And, it's not, and we don't just uh, ask you guys for iTunes reviews for the fun of it. Um, we, we definitely appreciate you guys. 
and and part of the reason the iTunes review is so important is that's how more people discover our podcast. That's right. The more reviews you have, the higher standing uh, the the show is in the iTunes search. So that if someone searches for Sega Genesis or retro gaming, they'll actually find our show faster. So you guys are actually helping grow our podcast and helping people find our show. So thank you so much. Awesome. And uh, the last bit of listener business, I'm going to do a little announcement of, a, of some prizes. So back on our uh, group page, I posted some duplicates, and I'll get into that a little bit later because I kind of did an inventory of all my Sega games. kind of nerdy, but you know, this is a nerdy podcast. But I found three duplicates. I found a, uh, these are cartridges only, uh, Beavis and Butthead, the Sonic the Hedgehog not for resale cart, and a uh, Starflight cart, which I ended up having two Starflight carts, I didn't even realize it. So what I did, I said, hey, anyone that wants to win these, shoot us an email at genesisgamespodcast at gmail.com, and I will randomly pick a winner. And so the first one I'm going to pick here, this is for the Sonic cart. This one is going to go to our faithful listener, Mr. Gabe Van Gilder. And he says, uh, love the show, the best Sega podcast out there, period. I really want Sonic because I gave my Sega Genesis a long time ago to a poor family. And I was young, dumb, and didn't think I would miss Sega. I was wrong. Did I mention I love chili dogs? Laugh out loud. Hey, Gabe, I don't think you're dumb if you gave that to a poor family. That's awesome. And I think that's a good good thing. Yeah. Very good Samaritan there. So, Gabe, you get a copy, a cart here of Not For Resale, Sonic the Hedgehog. See, I couldn't sell this. Not for resale. I had to give it away. So, <laughs> And the next one, let's see, do a random here, uh, is Joe Copel. Joe is on our show with Mason Saga not too long ago. Uh, Joe says, hey, Jims, Joe here. You know the Radical Retro Roundup guy? He says, you guys are so awesome. I had to be a part of the show. I mean, I've co-hosted with all of you except Nick on my podcast. I'd love that copy of Beavis and Butthead. So he's going to get Beavis and Butthead. And part of the challenge was I said you guys had to say how awesome we were. So there you go. All right, so now the last one's Starflight. We actually had a lot of emails on this one, so this one's going to be a little bit more of a random pick, all right? Let's see. And the winner is... Trevor Franklin, <laughs> all right. Ooh. And I promise, guys, I did make this random. I, f- I sort of threw him and hit my finger real fast on my phone. <laughs> Trevor will be on the show next time, so that'll be his kind of uh, introduction gift. We'll say that. But uh, Trevor says, you guys, are aw- you guys are more awesome than an awesome possum, riding in an awesome chili dog van while sweet diet beats <laughs> drop out of the stereo speakers <laughs> mounted to the roof. Also, I want Starflight. Trevor, a.k.a. Retro Blist, is also pretty okay. Cool, Trevor. So we'll be se- I'll be sending those out. It was pretty cool. Um, had a local Kmart go out of business, and I bought a ton of shipping supplies when they were going out of business. So I got oh, wow. plenty of stuff to ship for uh, you know, prizes and uh, giveaways and stuff like that for this and Patreon. So guys, really appreciate that. Thank you for sending us emails. It always kind of makes my day to hear how great we are. <laughs> uh, next challenge will be how much better are we than the two dudes. That'll be our next challenge. That's not a challenge. <laughs> that's a that's easy. <laughs> it's like a ten-run rule. <laughs> It's right. like a relay race when you're in first grade. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just had two cups of coffee, dude. I am flying. So <laughs> with that, let's head. That's right. right. This show is going to be over in about 15 <laughs> minutes. If you don't slow down. Well, anyway, uh, you want to. One, one random thing I wanted to mention was uh, I. So the two shows actually asked me to make them new theme songs, and Retro Bliss was one of them. So. If you listen to the new Retro Bliss show, uh, their latest episode actually features music from me. Yay! And because of that, we will be putting Retro Bliss links on our show notes. So check it out, guys. Yeah, otherwise, we wouldn't, we wouldn't care. Yeah, I true. mean, <laughs> I was just kidding. 
Nah, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, I let's just do this next segment. This is Sega Snippets. Test one two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. All right, man. Since I've been talking so much, why don't you just take this thing over? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Sega Snippets. Few things. I've been working on a lot of Sega Genesis music. For one, I finished, since I last spoke to you guys, um, I finished my track for YM2017, which is a Sega Genesis compilation of new music that's going to be going on a Sega Genesis cart to be sold. And I will let you know, as soon as that comes out, it should be in August that people can buy that cartridge, but... uh, Fingers crossed. I think my track is going to make it. Uh, I, I think it's a pretty solid pick. Guess who got a sneak peek? I did. Ah, uh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Good stuff, man. Oh, thank you. And, and then the other one was uh, I did a collaboration track with my buddy Brian, a.k.a. Chain Reaction. You should check out his music on Bandcamp. He does gent. He does jazz. He does chip tune. He's an amazing guy. That's right. He's only 17 years old. Amazing guy. I did two collaboration tracks in the span of like four days, basically starting last Wednesday and then working until Sunday to knock these tracks out. So he worked with me on a Sega Genesis track called Lydia which uh, should hopefully make it into the next Chip Tunes Equals Win Volume 6 compilation, awesome. which is a compilation of the best new chip music that comes out every year. I landed on Volume 5, so hopefully I'll get on Volume 6 with a Sega Genesis track that I think you guys will enjoy when you hear it. And uh, the other one was uh, Brian wanted to do a... Kind of a synth poppy track on the NES, so I helped him with that one as well. So, you know, it's, it can't always be Sega all the time, but uh, you know, that's all right. That's all right. Otherwise, uh, other Sega snippets. I did want to mention the kind of bizarre news that I saw that Wisdom Tree is putting out a new Kickstarter, or whoever <laughs> runs Wisdom Tree now. I, I, honestly, I think it's another company that owns the rights to all of the Wisdom Tree properties. Yeah. So I think the stuff they put out is a little more tongue-in-cheek. I don't think it's quite as seriously, like, over religious. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> fact that they're on Kickstarter, I, I mean, there you go. But basically, there's a new Kickstarter for a few games. One is a release of Super Noah's Ark 3D, which is a reskin of uh, Wolfenstein, right? Wolfenstein 3D yeah. on the Super Nintendo. It was originally released on there. And, um, yeah, it's an interesting game. It's not, I wouldn't say it's the best. It's a curiosity. But it's interesting that they're putting it out on the Sega Genesis. There's also a port of a Konami game that only came out in Europe and Japan, uh, or it might have been just Europe. It was called uh, Noah's Ark on the NES, and it's it looks better than just a, about every single other Wisdom Tree game because they didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that looks interesting. 
And then the other thing was they were going to put out a compilation of their games on the Game Boy Advance for some reason. Okay. Okay. That's good. Good on you guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, Nick. What's your take on this? It doesn't seem super exciting. Uh, just seems like a bunch of curiosities to me. The NES game for some people might be cool because the game looks halfway decent, but yeah. I don't know otherwise. I mean, it's I'll be curious. I don't. I'm not like jumping on board like headfirst into this. And it's kind of funny because being a spiritual guy that I am, these games never appealed to me. Period. And I always no. thought I always thought it was so ironic because you know you have the uh, some of the I believe it was Wisdom Tree on on the NES like you know shorten out the chip and the Nintendo kind of being illegal. <laughs> it's like isn't that kind of sacrilegious? <laughs> I always thought well, that. Well, it like, was like these uh, game companies would never go after them because it would be bad publicity. <laughs> yeah. Shutting but down a Christian was, company. Uh, yeah, I mean, Wisdom Tree was a, a reskinned uh, Color Dreams to begin with, I think. Yeah. The same same company. The, uh, the, the only thing, this is a little off topic, the only yeah. thing I've ever enjoyed um, from, a, from like a spiritual kind of game since... Uh, there was a uh, RPG card game very similar to Magic the Gathering called Redemption, and it uh, uh-huh. it was it was all about uh, characters in the Bible. It was really cool. Like I actually played that a lot. <laughs> but uh, that's really it. Everything else, hey, I used to go to yeah. those Christian bookstores, couldn't find a thing I liked. So. <laughs> hey, my favorite religious game was Act Razor. So oh, that's the yeah, forget, I forgot about <laughs> that. Praise God, come on. Act, Act Razor is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, was that uh, who the... did the music for that? Huh. That's right, he did. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Okay, and so here's the, the the goal for Noah's Ark for NES Sega Genesis. Two completely different games, by the way. <laughs> the goal is thirty thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, twenty six days to go. Eighty seven backers, and guess what? The stretch goal is they're gonna put Super Noah's Ark 3D on the Dreamcast. Jeez. Oh, I can just hear the excitement. Just amazing. What's I, you said? How many backers were there? There are currently eighty-seven backers. There's seven thousand seven hundred fifty-six dollars okay. pledged to thirty thousand yeah. dollars. And it's interesting too because I don't know if you noticed, but Kickstarter is kind of slowing down. There used to be a lot more projects and people going to Kickstarter to raise money for things. Yeah. It seems like that's kind of busted, especially with all the projects that have failed or not produced what people were hoping for yeah there's been a uh, there's been some success stories but there's also been some stories where it was just like oh okay well where's the product did are we actually going to get something are they going to have to refund everybody their money so i mean and there's been some really cool looking sega genesis games too that have been kickstarted so you know just depends on the project and how much business sense they have and uh expectations versus reality yeah, and I actually kind of I forget about things like I've I've actually uh, backed a few things that I'm like oh yeah I backed that I, like, I, I backed I Nintendo it? Quest and that was a success. Well, yeah, that was that was so cool. We were kind of you know in with uh, <laughs> with Rob there, so that was cool. But there's like uh, I I backed a game called Tanglewood. And it's, yeah. it's a Sega Genesis game. I've actually talked to the creator. We're gonna try a game on a show sometime. But um, it looks really awesome. But I just I keep forgetting about it. And I'm I'm on page, I'm on Kickstarter right now. That's one reason I'm remembering that. I backed that. I backed uh, uh back, the, uh, the Sega. What was it? I'm sorry, the magazine. Yeah, Mega Visions, which they're they're actually yeah, Sega magazine. They yeah. actually have they have what three issues out now. And then I, I also, am so not caught up on it. I need <laughs> to read it. Uh, it's it's so worth it, guys. Probably need to get rec- rec- 
probably need to get Requiem back on the show. And then yeah. um, also back to, I mean, it's not just a Sega game, but um, the Mutant League football relaunch. So that's pretty cool. That looks really good. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Did you have any Sega snippets of your own, good sir? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I know you and Landon touched on this in the Patreon episode, but uh, uh, Sega Forever. Is that what it's called? Forever Sega, Sega Forever. Oh, these yes. games on the iOS. I've tried it. So but I've heard bad things. Yeah, and I think I posted a little bit on the page. Um, it's pretty bad if you're wanting to play it for free. The amount of ads that come out. So I'll, I'll go over it real quick. You know, Sega is planning on releasing a bunch of games on this uh, for iOS and you know Google Play and I guess the Android Store right now. Right now they've uh, released Sonic the Hedgehog One, Altered Beast, Fantasy Star Two, Kid Chameleon, uh, and Comic Zone for the Genesis in particular. Um, I've tried Comic Zone, Fantasy Star 2, Ultra Beast, and Sonic. Um, the only one that's really playable, in my opinion, that's enjoyable is Fantasy Star, because it's not action-oriented. Oriented. You know, you got menus and everything, because it is a turn-based RPG. But um, other than that, I, I don't recommend this, uh, if you, especially if you don't like touchscreens. Um, it's not very much fun, in my opinion. I couldn't get anywhere. I'm, I'm pretty good at Ultra Beasts. I can usually get for, through the first few levels without even getting hit, and I couldn't even make it past the first level with those awful touchscreens. So, yeah. So, but if you want to try it, it's free, you know. But yeah. um, I would recommend. I hate this because I'll, I I want to not be the Sega hater because you know this is a Sega podcast, but I just do not like this. I think it's. Eh. I'm just covering my ears, going la 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 la. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we'll we'll move on from that. I do want to talk about one one more thing. Um, yeah. In the early days of this show. Rob and I talked a lot about an uh, iPhone app we used to use, and I kind of stopped using it, and for no good reason. It was more of just, I had a new phone, I forgot to download it. <laughs> collector app or what? Yeah, it's it's a collector app, it's exactly what it is. So um, if you go on the iTunes store, or um, you know, I guess Android too, it, it's just called Retro Collector for Genesis Drive. Uh, it's part of the puregaming.org website, and um, I finally made an account, so that way I can view my collection on like on the, uh, you know, on your PC or anywhere, and then also on your phone. But it's really cool. You know, I I, I used it mainly just for the pricing uh, for the podcast in the past, but I finally went through and did an inventory and put all my games in here, and uh, I thought I had a lot more games than I do. I only have 122 uh, physical carts, uh, so that's kind of kind of weird. But it gives you stats on that. Like it says, you know, I have 15.38% of the Sega Genesis collection, and uh, my collection is worth uh, $2,000 $2, and... No, $2,016. Um, and you can actually go in there and say that you have the cart or you have the cart in the box, you know, things like that. And uh, it gives you, like, your most rare game. So, like, the most rare game I have is Beyond Oasis. And the uh, most valuable game I have is Splatterhouse 2. So that's kind of cool. And then you can, like, you can see what games you still have left to collect and things like that. But uh, I encourage anybody who's been collecting to get this app. You can actually add friends and compare games and, and put your games up for sale, things like that. But, uh... Again, if you want to go on the website, it's puregaming.org, or if you just want to search for it on the iOS, uh, check it out. It's a, uh, let me make sure, it's Retro Collector for Genesis and Mega Drive. I have other uh, apps as well for PlayStation, Saturn, um, Dreamcast, things like that. So go check that out. If you want to friend me, I am nickys 485 at gmail.com. Do people still call you Nicky? Not, my, uh, local, local friends do. Okay. Yeah. N- Nick was a very popular name. Nicholas was a very popular name when I was growing up. So there's like five kids in my class with the name Nick, so we all went by different versions of that. So I was I ended up being Nicky. I was Ronnie. No, I'm just kidding. No one ever <laughs> called me Ronnie. Uh, hey, Ronnie. 
A Ronnie. Yeah. yeah, that's right. My middle name's Aaron, just like the here. here. <laughs> and my initial so my initial spell Nas, which that was kind of a nickname when nice. I was in high school. <laughs> my my initial spell was <laughs> Uh, just Aaron Joseph Hickman. AJ. So my my brothers uh, tried to call me AJ, and it just never stuck. Yeah. But you know what? My artist name is three letters long. So what I'm finding is it's a lot easier to enter that into a high score table now. No, that's right. Because it's just DYA. It's great. It's diet. It's awesome. Always, always said Ace because it was just really easy because it was right there in the first few letters of the alphabet. <laughs> Fantastic. Yep. All right, man. Aaron Hickman. Is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions, it's okay. And he will answer them if he wants. Am I ready for this? Let's find <laughs> out. Okay, you know what? This is fantastic because I had it pulled up. Yeah. I had it pulled up, and you know what? I got distracted and I pulled it down. But I'm just going to look for my smiling face. And I think I will find it. Give me a second, guys. All right. It's been so long. It's been so long. Here it is. All right. So here we go. Here's a picture of me at MAGFest earlier this year. Seems so long ago. Back in January, I am wearing a Chewbacca hat to keep myself warm. Yes. And flannel. In uh, memory of Rob, who has not been on this podcast for a while. Love you, Rob. Love you, buddy. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> questions. Jim Jones, Jim Jones Jim, 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 asked, what game should I buy next? Complete in box that shouldn't break the bank. Fun but obscure. And I had a few choices for you. I think Dan and Cameron Wormay had some great choices, too. I think they said... Risky Woods, which is an EA title, which is actually really solid. It's just a really tough game. I would also say you can get Subterranea. Pretty cheap, complete in box. Yep, I have it. So I would recommend that game. It has amazing music. The gameplay is tough as nails, but it's really well put together. Uh, Dinosaur for Hire. That is I thought a that great was game. A great, fun little game. Yeah. That plays a bit like Contra with a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, that was obscure one I had never heard of till like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did we cover that game? We did, right? No, nah, we haven't covered that yet. Okay. I'm spoilers. Just, <laughs> spoilers. No, we have not covered that game. Just in my head. I think it's because we covered which was another one of those games yeah. that uh, focuses on um, a comic book property. So, my other two games that kind of popped in my head. Phantom 2049. Definitely an obscure title, but it's one of the very few Metroidvania-style games on the Sega Genesis, and I think you can get it pretty cheap because it was kind of like a, almost like a licensed title, right? Yeah. Have you gotten to play it at all? I messed around a little bit, but now that you're talking about it, I'm literally going on Amazon to see how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's a really interesting game. Um, it's a little wonky in places, but it's still worth playing. Uh, the last one I thought of was uh, Todd's Adventures in Slime World. <laughs> uh, bear with me. This game probably has one of the worst soundtracks in recorded history. And Agreed. if you want a symphony of dying cat sounds, this is the game <laughs> for you. But the gameplay is fun, especially if you get if you get people together. I think it's only two players on the Sega Genesis, but the multiplayer in that game is fun. 
It's really fun. And it's a port of the Atari Lynx game, which had like 16-player multiplay. Hopefully, we'll get to cover it on the show at some point. Uh, I, I think it's a really cool game. Uh, one, one that grows on you if you give it a chance. So that's another one. I don't think that one's too expensive. I could recommend... Is there a cheap RPG uh, or game on the, the system? I don't know that there really is. Besides, like I mentioned, Starflight. All the other ones are kind of expensive now. <laughs> yeah, the one, but, one I picked up recently that wasn't too bad was Shining in the Darkness. It ranged yeah. about maybe $15, something like that. That's a pretty good price for an yeah. RPG on Sega Genesis. So, Shining in the Darkness is a really, really solid game. Sword of the Vermilion, that's pretty cheap too. Sword of Vermilion. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, there's stuff. There's like Sorcerer's Kingdom. There's Trasia, but those ones just aren't yeah. that fantastic. Landstalker. But, uh, Landstalker. Yeah, Landstalker's great, <laughs> but obscure titles. Man, there's a ton. There's obscure shooters, but most of those cost money now because they're shooter <laughs> games. Yeah. That's why. But that's what kind of sprung to my mind. So, Trampoline Terror. There you go. No, I, I, no, I don't care <laughs> about that one. But, uh, oh, I did get to play Super High Glide, which probably is pretty cheap. <laughs> And that's a love-it-or-hate-it game. I'm, I, I'm starting, starting to grow on me, but <laughs> we'll see. So moving on here, great question, Jim. Andrew Coet, good fan of the show. And he actually applauded what? us on how we pronounced his name. He said we, oh, we, he said we were right on, Coed. Awesome. Yep. What NES game would you have liked to see remade on the Genesis, and what improvements would have been made? Sega. Okay. Oh, I liked it. Michael Kelso gave an angry react. I love it. Well, besides the fact that we got RC Pro-Am, we got Battletoads, we got Snake Rattle and Roll, uh, we got... There were a handful of other ones that were on Sega Genesis that were also on NES, as I recall. But uh, a game that I really would like to see on the Sega Genesis that was on, on the NES that was really good. Uh, so we did get a Contra game. So I can't really say Contra... I kind of wish that Capcom had handled more of the Disney properties. Yeah. So I would say that. Like a like a uh, better graphics version of like DuckTales or something. Yeah, yeah. That would be pretty neat. I think more uh, bubble bobble type games. You know, Snow Brothers was on the Sega Genesis, and that was really cool. Yep. yep. Uh, oh, Adventures of Lolo. Love that series. That would be great on the Sega Genesis, I think. I thought that's uh, Sega Genesis just needed more puzzle games in general. Yeah, I think so like that. the Ninja Gaiden like side scrollers. I know they had that yes. one arcade version of Ninja Gaiden, but the actual side scroller ah. games, some of my favorite games of all time, would have been great oh, yeah. on Genesis. And uh, really good on the Master System, but only yeah. in Europe apparently. Yeah. But that was a great question. I'm trying to think of any more. There were a few Zelda type games on the Sega Genesis. Crusader so we were in, yeah, Crusader Vicente, Landstalker, obviously, uh, even Wisdom Tree's own effort. Uh, <laughs> what is that game called? I, it's I Spiritual Warfare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks very 8-bit. Um, uh, you know, Uncharted Waters made it to Sega Genesis. That was also on NES. So there have been some cool games. Pirates got a port to Sega Genesis. I'm trying to think of, like, very iconic NES games that would be... A good remake on the Sega Genesis, and yeah, those are the ones. And, and he also asked, "How would you make them better?" 
Well, you've got 16 bits, so... Blast processing. <laughs> blast processing. Don't do what they did for Batman Returns and completely redraw uh, the sprites and yeah. make them look ugly as sin. <laughs> or, uh, you know, make the music a bunch of dying cat noises. <laughs> so I think a company that could handle something like this would be Konami or Capcom. Those are the two heavy hitters that know how to port games the best. Uh, so... I think they could have really done a great job. There have been some pretty decent quality games that appeared on both systems, but to make it better, I would say you could make the gameplay more involved uh, and do stuff that you can do on the NES. You know, a bunch of parallax scrolling, really fast stages. Uh, there was a planned port of, uh, I think, Gradius 2 hmm. for the Sega Genesis. It was a homebrew port, so I think that would look amazing. Okay, so moving on here. Sean Robinson asks, which recent games that you've seen would be perfect for a 16-bit Mega Drive D-Make? Whew. (laughs) I think I might have answered this one in a previous episode. Does this question sound familiar to you? It does, but a lot of them kind of run together. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so let's make this easy. Maybe a deathmatch style game or a fighting style game like um, Super Smash Brothers with Sega characters. Yeah, down that. The other thing I'd be down for is a RPG for the Sega Genesis based off of an existing newer property. How about a two-dimensional Dark Souls on the Sega Genesis. Chakan kind of uh, fills the void in terms of like how dark that game is, if only the game actually yeah. knew how to play well. It's like X-Men, but worse. <laughs> yeah. <Chikan>. Spoiler alert. <laughs> We're getting pretty bad about Another that, aren't we? Game. Uh, yeah. Overwatch. There you go. I, I think Hearthstone could be pulled off on the Sega Genesis, even with the lack of colors. There you It'd go. be a fun game. I, I I would love to see any card game. Maybe a little on that Fallout in the style of Shadowrun. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. A uh, return to the two D three quarter perspective of Fallout games yeah. would be cool. So moving on here, Nick DeMarco, Nick D. Nick D. Down the dungeon. All right. So he says, listen, just because Chewbacca <laughs> is a huge Spelunker fan. There's no reason to skin the poor guy for a hat. <laughs> also, I've become a big fan of the Master System game Master Darkness. Why wasn't this released on the Genesis? Because it was so close to a Castlevania ripoff. That's a great question. I will answer that question with another question. Why haven't you played the Game Gear version? Ooh. Ooh. So Sega did actually make another version on the Master System. Oh, on the uh, Sega Game Gear on the Sega Genesis? Good question. Maybe it would have been too high profile. Maybe they realized they shouldn't rip off other IPs so directly anymore. Because uh, we all know Alex Kidd was kind of a <laughs> Super Mario Brothers knockoff, Just but as well intentioned as it was. Uh, and Golden Axe Warrior was pretty much the Legend of Zelda. Still really good. And, and Axe Battler was pretty much the Legend of Zelda 2. So. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you there, Nick, other than they probably just didn't want to 
catch flack from Konami. They were already hurting for third-party de- developers on the system anyway. So I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Jonathan Grayson asks, Smasher Pass, Michael Kelso covered in Ghost Pepper Hot Sauce. What? Eight <laughs> copies of Sonic Spinball. The Proclaimers in their prime, both of them, a box Sega Nomad and a sack of gummy bears. And... And two Polaroids of Nick DeMarco in a string bikini. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Shoot. So Nick DeMarco responds, Hey, now, this is a family show. No one wants to see Kelso covered in ghost pepper hot sauce. <laughs> Kelso says, Joke's on you. I love ghost pepper hot sauce. Ghost pepper <laughs> salsa is good, too. Uh, oh, man. So, smash or pass? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, the way that I've been that on the show. That might be. Smash might, might just mean it's something that we want. Smash or pass. Yeah. I don't know if it's the British colloquial term for... Um, There's all kinds of stuff. I don't know what it means. Yeah. Something I won't mention. <laughs> but on this family-friendly show we're doing here. But it's it's something that you want to do. Oh, wait. No. Yeah, you don't want to say that on here. Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I think I, yeah, figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I got it. So, Flamers <laughs> in their prime, I think, would be pretty great. Because uh, even though their song does kind of great on you after a while, it's a fun song. And they probably have a bunch of other catchy tunes. A box Sega Nomad and a sack of gummy bears? Uh, yeah, that's hard to pass up. I think <laughs> that would be my favorite thing, to be honest. My kids would love the gummy bears and the Nomad, to be oh, honest. Yeah. Okay, so moving on here, Sean Robinson. Let's see. Would Sega Genesis have succeeded without the Sonic the Hedgehog games? Uh, yes, I think so. They succeeded with uh, making a ton of arcade games <laughs> well before Sonic came out. Though I admit Sonic did help sell the system and kind of add a kid-friendly element. Uh, though Sonic did seem a little more grown-up, I guess, than than Mario. He had a little more attitude. Yeah. But yeah, would Sega have succeeded? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's very possible. Though, you know, mascots did sell systems, I suppose. There were plenty of other great games on the system, not just Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog isn't even my favorite game on the system, so there you go. Yeah. So, um, Yane McGarry asks, What's your favorite Hathaway song? <laughs> and then you said he had more than one? Yeah, I did. You know, I dig deep for this one. Um, I think you're going to have to cover, like, this is going to have to be a challenge for Aaron. He's going to have to do a Hathaway song in the chiptune style. Oh, going to happen. <laughs> Maybe for our Patreon. <laughs> so, how about, let's see, Rock My Heart. There you go. It's not what it's love. Just say rock my heart. Rock my heart. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Song probably goes, Rock my heart, baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> All the songs do that. They <laughs> <laughs> all do the same thing. <laughs> all right, so Gabe Van Gilder asks, seeing that Crash Bandicoot just came out, did you get it? Who would win in a four-way fight to the death? Sonic, Crash, Mario, or Master Chief? Whew. Okay, so answer your first question. Uh, no, I didn't get it because I don't have a PS4 yet. Would like to have one, but I was a fan of the Crash Bandicoot series on the PlayStation. I thought they were a nice alternative to the other mascot-based platformers of the time. 
Uh, it felt like it played quite a bit like Donkey Kong Country in a 3D way. Uh, but I enjoyed them. I liked them a lot. So yeah, I would love to play that. The, the remix I've heard, they did a really solid job. Yeah, it was real. It was real cool too, because uh, in the latest um, Uncharted game, there was like a little Easter egg of kind of letting you know that Crash was coming back uh, before you actually go out into your big um, um, uh, adventure. You know, you're you're back at your apartment with uh, your I guess it's his wife. I guess her, is it Helena? Helena? Can't remember Helena. her name. Yeah. So that she actually says she sits down on the couch and she's like, uh, you know, come on, Nathan, I bet you can't beat me at this, and you have to try to. Uh, you actually play the original PS1 uh, Crash Bandicoot game because you know, Naughty Dog made both games, uh, Uncharted and Crash Bandicoot. So it's kind of cool. You actually played the first level of Crash Bandicoot. And, uh, That's hilarious. Yeah, so that was kind of neat. It was kind of like a little Easter egg because when I played that, I thought, ooh, they're bringing Crash back. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, they should have had them playing Rings of Power. That would have been really old. <laughs> yes, yes, it would. Deep Go cut. Go back to the Sega Genesis. Deep cut. <laughs> Whew. All right. So... Sean Michael. Oh, so Gabe asked a second question. Sonic Crash Mario or Master Chief? Sonic, he's got that super speed and blast processing. Duh. Obvious choice. Duh. Use them in this dust. <laughs> All right, so Steven Michael says, is why did the chicken cross the road a suicide joke? Whoa. <laughs> a little too heavy for this show, buddy. But I applaud your effort. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, I think I gave him a sad react for that. Okay. Uh, so, Annie Lewis asks, is the Hokey Pokey really what it's all about? <laughs> Where we've uh, devolved into silly territory. That's all right. Yes, the Hokey Pokey is really what it's all about. So, do the Hokey Pokey and shake it all about. <laughs> So Tyler Jones asks, what are the best arcade emulator programs? MAME? MAME. And MAME. <laughs> and MAME. Pretty much it now. They're kind of like the king of uh, arcade emulators. They pretty much, I think they've incorporated other stuff too. It used to be like Final Burn and a few others. Uh, but yeah, MAME pretty much emulates every Sega arcade game that you would want to play. They don't, I don't think they emulate uh, Laserdisc games, but uh, I don't recall if Sega had many of those. But, yes, go for MAME. That's M-A-M-E. And uh, you can get it for just about anything. If you've got a Raspberry Pi, even better. You've got yourself a portable retro gaming station. So there you go. That was the end of the Ask Aaron segment. Nice. When I managed to take up the rest of the show, we will see you guys <laughs> next time. No, I'm just kidding. Schedule. We do have a game to cover, I promise. <laughs> and we're, we're going to do that momentarily. Yeah, so I guess this is the time when I say, hey, game on, Aaron. Game on. Game on! Yeah, game on. Sega! All right. Sports talk baseball. Yes. So, uh... Hadn't really talked about this much. We need. I, I probably need to start prefacing the episode instead of just saying episode 58. Actually, talk about the game a little bit in the beginning. That way, people know what we're doing. But anyways, sports talk baseball. Now, I am a huge baseball fan, so this uh, I'll have a lot to talk about here. A lot of memories for me. Um, again, this this was a 
very similar type baseball game to those of like RBI baseball. It definitely has the same look and feel as that. But uh, Aaron, did you have any memories of this game? Is this something you played as a kid or were around at all? I played. I actually loved. I love 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 uh, retro baseball games. I love baseball games from the 8-bit and 16-bit era. I think it's actually my favorite sports game to play outside of like uh, playing Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, I love baseball games. For some reason, I don't remember playing this one as a kid. We had uh, Joe Montana. Yep. So we had Sports Talk Football. We had Pro Quarterback. You know, I had Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, but the only baseball game I remember having on the Sega Genesis was World Series 95. And then I really remember playing a lot of the World Series baseball games on Sega Saturn because they had the Home Run Derby mode, which I loved to death. Uh, and then I actually I had a few baseball games on the Sega Master System. I had uh, Great Baseball, which it wasn't, <laughs> and, and then I had uh, Reg, Reggie Jackson's uh, baseball, which wasn't too bad. <laughs> but no, I I this was literally the first time I recall playing this game, so I'm going in fresh on this one. But all I can do is really compare it to other baseball games I've played. Um, in their hating so take that for what you will cool well i uh definitely have a lot of memories of this game um before i even had a sega genesis my uh one of my best friends down the street uh, that's where i got most of my genesis playtime at because he had one i had super nintendo but uh, he had this game we, we played the snot out of it so uh, it was kind of the uh especially early on in the super nintendo lifespan there wasn't a lot of good baseball games until uh, King Griffey Jr. baseball came out, which is one of my all-time favorite baseball games. But uh, two King Griffey Jr. games. Yeah, the second one sucked. <laughs> I didn't really. Like yeah, they they tried to go all more like lifelike. The first one was very cartoony. I loved it. Yeah, I remember the the first one. I think was Software Creations, uh, and then the other one was Rare or something. I'm trying to yeah, remember. Yeah, I'm not gonna say. I mean, compared to the first one, it was a letdown. Um, the the first one I can still pick up and. Uh, you know, I can dive and catch every ball that comes in certain areas. It's, 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 I just I have that twitch on that game, but uh, and it, so so wait, how about this game compared to Tommy Lasorda baseball? Because oh, I had geez. that one. Tommy Lasorda, Ta- and that one it definitely feels more dated than this it, game. Does. It does. I mean, we'll get into that one episode later. But my biggest gripe with Tommy Lasorda is when you're playing defense, it's like a top-down view, and you can't even see how high the ball is going. Like that that's that just breaks the defense completely. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that one. <laughs> yeah, but compared, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely wrap up my thoughts on this game much later in the show. But uh, you're definitely going to see how much I love this game throughout what we talk about. But yeah, playing with my with my neighbor friend, we we played the snot out of this game. And when I got my Genesis, this was one of the very first games I went and grabbed. Um, very, I was very excited to find. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this uh, a couple years ago at a flea market. I had I had the cartridge of this. But a couple years ago at a flea market, I saw it uh, complete in box, and what really got me excited, and I actually posted this on a few pages, and no one, no one shared my excitement. But uh, along with the manual, I also got the original uh, st- statistics poster. So it's a, it's a trifold. It's about, that's about like a drawing size paper, 11 and a half by 17, and it's got every team and every player and their stats for the year. And I believe this was like about 91. The stats from 1991. So, uh, really cool. You can go through here and just kind of look at it. It's in really good shape. I kind of unfolded like a map there. I was so excited to get that. Uh, like I said, I know a lot of people probably care less. But, um, 
kind of go into the cover art of this game. So the the player you see on the front, I, I looked him up. I can't even figure out who he was, to be honest with you. Um, he's a left-handed hitter, and I was guessing, was that, is that Wade Boggs? Is I like left-handed people. Yeah. The reason you can't tell who it is, of course, the number and the uh, team logo aren't on his jerseys because, you know, a lot of times back in these days they had the MLB Player Association license, but they did not have the uh, Major League Baseball Team Association uh, license. So you could you could call the team the name of the city, but you couldn't call it by, like, the uh, name of the uh, team. Like, it couldn't be the Atlanta Braves, it's just Atlanta. Uh, not the Texas Rangers, it was just Texas with a generic logo, as uh, Aaron pointed out on the Facebook page. So, but, um, yeah, what, what, what makes this game, when, when you grab the box, you know, it's your typical Genesis black box with the grid on the back, uh, sports talk baseball, but the first thing that catches my eye on this game, and this is something that to me was new in this time. Um, you turn it around and you see four batters standing there. You got Kirby Puckett, Will Clark, Lenny Dystra, and uh, Julio Franco, who are some of the best batters at that time. And it introduces uh, signature stances. Um, I thought that was real cool. Julio Franco brings his bat way above his head, and it just looks just like him under. Uh, Kirby Bucket kind of had an outside stance a little bit. It looks just like him here. So that did you call him Kirby Bucket? Kirby Bucket. I probably did. Bucket. <laughs> Kirby Bucket. <laughs> we had a joke in my household about that, but it wasn't very family <laughs> So, so just looking at the back of that, I'm like, man, that's the kind of game I want to play. Um, and it's even got a real cool summary back here. Not not a story. We'll just call this a baseball wrap up. But it says, uh, bottom of the ninth, two outs, two on. The pitcher takes a long look, and there's. The steal is on. The catcher throws the second. Safe. Here's the 3-2 pitch. Ball four. This is trouble. It goes into Sports Talk Baseball delivers. Non-stop play-by-play announcing. Pulls you off your seat into the batter's box. Slug with your bat high like Ruben Sierra or hammer with Cecil Fielder's wide open stance. Watch King Griffey Jr. scramble for shoestring catches. Iron Man Cal Ripken Jr. dives for the hard shots in the hole. 500 pro players, 1991 stats. Hey, I was right. Uh, go to bat with Kirby Puckett, Roger the Rocket Clemens, and Doc Gooden. Sharpen your team with pinch hitters and ace relievers like Dennis Eckerlsey. Seasons stretch up to 162 games, including pennant race. A bench full of batting styles, searing pitcher control, and Sega Sports Talk hit home with all the big league baseball you can handle. And Canseco's up next. Ready at the plate? The windup, a fastball. He swings, and it's a long drive to deep center. Grand slam! So, yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting to, to have this game. Um, and like I said, the, the, the box art to me is really cool. I think it really showcases what the game's about. Talks about the sports talk version of it. Has the cool batting stances, which was to me was new uh, in any game. Because, you know, this game basically plays like RBI baseball. But RBI didn't have all the cool batting stances like this one does. So, there you go. I, yeah, I think, um, I think baseball stars... My theory, NES baseball game. I think that one had multiple baseball it stances. It and it had like different yeah. different sprites for men and women, which is really cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, this game uh, was published and developed by Sega. It was released in May of 1992. The uh, sound composer was Alan Maynard, who also worked on, you know, no big surprise, Joe Montana football, NFL 94, starring Joe Montana, World Series baseball. Uh, when you actually play World's Baseball, you can hear the same sounds like the same voice and he was actually the same guy who did it uh, did the voice and the sound uh, also worked on uh, risk global domination in 2003 and uh, some of the other uh, sports games like college football's national championship and that looks like about it for it oh and spider-man he did some programming for spider-man in 95 which was the uh, later release spider-man for their uh, genesis made by, published by lj and mclean whatever you want to call it Radioactive Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, this game is very affordable right now. Um, loose, you're looking at about $4.21 it says. Uh, complete it says six dollars and sixty one cents and there was actually a link on there it said brand new for fourteen dollars and fifty cents I clicked that link because I thought if that's true I'm buying that brand new and I couldn't find it so very sad about that <laughs> the fact that you would pay that much for a Sega Genesis oh, yeah. sports game speaks volumes yeah it does it does <laughs> retro sports well, games a- like you mentioned they just seem to last longer to me because because after this game you know, this came out in ninety two um, you didn't really have any big sports games come out for a while for baseball, made by Sega and published by Sega. Not till until uh, World Series yeah. was it '95. I know there was also like Hardball. Yeah, back, back, and there's a 32x Hardball game too. I never got to play. Yeah, so you didn't really have a lot of those at the time, which is. And EA didn't have a baseball license, did they? They messed around so that. Well, they, they did t- right t- on Tony, Super Yeah, but they did. They did Tony Larusa baseball. Um, yeah. For Sega, and they also did MLBPA baseball on a, on Sega as well, so they did have a couple. Yeah, you're right. I I just I don't think I've really played those ones. They're I not spr- well. I won't. No, no spoilers. <laughs> oh, they're not. So it was like visual concepts before they got any good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So again, this game plays a lot like RBI baseball. Um, go over the controls real quick when you're pitching. Uh, you, of course, can move your pitcher left or right. Um, you can slow down the ball by hitting up. Kind of throws like a change up. You can curve the ball like any of these other games you played, like by hitting down and then kind of going diagonal. And then. Uh, hey, I couldn't hit people. I could not hit anyone. Hit somebody, yeah. And that kind of ticked me off. I couldn't hit someone <laughs> pitch. I don't know that Whereas, I Whereas, like, other games, it's the first thing I always try to do in a baseball game. Like, can I hit the guy? <laughs> See what they do. Can I beat him? There's so many games where the guys like, get in fights and stuff. I remember playing uh, Bases Loaded on, on the, the original Nintendo. There was a uh, cutscene where the guys would get in a fight, and I don't. I, it didn't happen every time, so we would just sit there and hit guys all day until we saw it. <laughs> and Base Wars, it, it was, oh, like, fighting was pretty much like hockey. It was awesome. It was great. <laughs> Blades of Steel. Blades <laughs> of Steel. But um, C is definitely your, your action button. It, it pitches, it bats for you. Um, and the throw to bases, which I love these old the way the control uh, you hit up and C for second base right and C for first base down and C for home plate and left and C for um, third base and if you want to run while you're on defense you hit the B button and point toward the base you want to run to and it works and then batting's pretty much same thing you're hitting C to swing uh, A is your I believe let me make sure I'm playing the game right now A is your bump button no B is wait yeah A is your bump button sorry and B is actually how you run so if, if you're running to second base and run around to third you hit B and uh, left. If you want to run back to the base, you hit C and up. So you gotta use B and C to run a lot. And then when you're uh, batting, you can uh, tap B in the uh, correct directional pad to actually steal a base. It lets you lead off a little bit, and you can steal at the same time. So uh, there's your. I thought was interesting was uh, as far as bunting goes. I was used to like NES games where you would just tap yeah. the the bat button slightly, like if you just barely tap it. Then it would throw out a bunt. In this game, you get a whole button for it. Yeah, you can still do that in this game, too. Like, I'm going to try it right now. Yep, but it just kind of pops it up. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Because you're only, you're only working with two buttons on the NES. So that's about all you could do, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, like I said, cool batting stances. Full MLB roster, which was awesome. Um, a few little negative things. Just kind of general discussion here. Uh, I thought the game was a little slow. Uh, especially compared to some of the other games. You know, you play... Uh, like you mentioned, baseball stars. 
much just seemed like the game went by faster. Uh, pitches were faster. Yeah. The batting was fielding was much faster. So that was a little. Yeah, fielding was. It seems a little more slippery in this game to me than baseball stars also. Yeah. I felt like I was able to more consistently catch balls. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and maybe it's just because I have not spent as much time on this game as I have baseball stars. So it, I don't know. It becomes almost like a twitch in a way or like muscle memory because like I, I can tell when balls in the area where I can... I'm I can, the wrong way. That's I, what I do. <laughs> you're the wrong way. Well, and that's the thing. I played this game so much... If, if the ball's in a certain area of the outfield, I know which outfielder is going to make going to make it there. So that's cool. And then um, I, I, I know exactly when to dive to get a ball. I mean, not exactly, but I, I have pretty good confidence to dive uh, for any balls that are kind of out of your reach. So and I play pretty good defense on this, which is cool. And my computer is. You know, just hate it in the computer. Like every time, every time you're pitching, they try to steal a base. Yeah. And that there there's a little gripe too because the catcher. His his uh, reaction time when you're hitting C just doesn't seem to work real well. You just got to keep hitting it over and over again. I thought that was a little annoying. Um, yeah, let's talk about the. Uh, this isn't really. I don't want to get too far into sound, but uh, just the guys, uh, the sports talk version. You know, the the whole sports talk um, theme of this game. I think that's what kind of made Sega big at the time uh, with sports yeah. talk football. Sport uh, was Pat Riley or David Robinson was that sports talk as well? I'm thinking, uh, thinking it may have been. That was like Supreme Court. Yeah, it was on the back of this book. No, nah, maybe not. Catch the Admiral's maybe. color commentary at the breaks. I don't know. I didn't play that one very much. But anyways, <laughs> the, 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 the talking on this was definitely very innovative at the time. Uh, it doesn't hold up the best because when you start playing the game pretty quick, it gets behind. Like I, I noticed I was already like... I already had one out and it already told me. Like it was slowly catching up like a fly ball. Throw it a second. He's out. As I'm about to bat with the next guy. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't the first game, um, to be honest, it wasn't the first baseball game to do talking. You had, uh, I think it was World Series Baseball on the Intellivision, that you could buy a special cartridge uh, or a special add-on that would, uh, it's called the Intellivoice. Now that's cool. It would give you voice in the game. I had no clue about that. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and this was in the early to mid 80s, I think it was. So, well before this, but of course, the television wasn't quite a. It wasn't the mainstream success that the Atari 2600 was. I think it was priced more expensive. So it, you would we'd have to wait, I think, for this game for that success to to really happen. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I almost <laughs> drop kicked my keyboard there. <laughs> Whoops. That's a guy. I, uh, I, I move my microphone uh, arm on my desk and I keep back punching it. This awful noise is going to keep coming over the podcast the audio. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Love it. But, oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, different there was the television limited uh, vocabulary compared to this game. This game, you know, they'll tell you the number of the player, they'll tell you all sorts of, of facts and details. Uh, you know, they, they do get a little repetitive after a while, but um, that's why there's the option to turn it off yeah. if you get tired of it. But back when we were kids, you know, I, I got used to sports talk football. I thought it was a really cool feature. Um, so, and, and then, of course, we got a Sega CD, and then I was like, oh, yeah, they can do voice all day long. <laughs> that's right. I remember when we were kids, we 
go out in the backyard and play. And anytime one of us was pitching, we imitated this game. We were like, here comes the pitch. <laughs> Dive. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool. Um, He's heating up. Oh, wait, <laughs> that's, that's NBA Jam. Um, as far as modes in this game go, um, I, w- I will say games like Baseball Stars and uh, even the King Riffy Jr. baseball game I was talking about, I-, I-, I do like those season modes much better because it clears your stats and you actually have stats for the season, not just the uh, uh, the stats from the you know from the previous real season for uh, yeah. Major League. So that kind of stinks. I kind of like to see where my stats are for a season. Kind of just gives you a little bit more uh, enjoy. It just it's much more enjoyable when you do that. So that kind of stuck. Um, Another gripe. This is kind of menial. I don't think they really fixed this until later on in the uh, 16-bit era. But uh, every player on on defense is ambidextrous. <laughs> what I mean by that, depending on what side of the body they catch the ball on, they're either thrown with their right or left arm. Somehow, magically, the glove just uh, goes from the right to uh, left to right arm. <laughs> so, That's a programming thing. Yeah, space. it's funny. They they didn't quite fix that till later on in the. <laughs> the uh, especially in the King Griffey Jr. baseball game I was talking about, they uh, they really nailed that on that one. But uh, yeah, that, that always kind of drove me nuts. I you know I'd rather just see it like an RBI baseball where it just looks like it's shooting from the guy's stomach. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's just me griping a little bit about my baseball games. But. Oh man, so uh, yeah, the uh, some of the game options you have, you have the option to do a full season. Uh, there's a kind of modified mid-range, I can't remember how many games were, then there was like a straight pennant race where it was just like 15 games, so you kind of got into the playoff mode, and then there's also an all-star game, which is really cool, um, brings in the best players from the National and the American League, so that's that's kind of fun just to pop in and play and hit a ton of home runs with these guys, it's kind of nice to have like Jose Canseco and, uh, you know, um, who else was on that team, uh, Julio Franco on the same team, so it's kind of cool. Um, and you know way more about baseball than I do. <laughs> I, I recognize the big names, um, but if you start asking me questions about stats and positions that players played, I am so lost. Yeah. And, and like the fact that uh, did you did you own Sports uh, Jeopardy on the Sega Genesis? I did. I did. I was so terrible at that game. I like I was great at Jeopardy, but I was not good at Sports Jeopardy at all. I couldn't if they released that like in today's world, I wouldn't be very good at it. But where I played so many sports games at this time, and it was real funny because you know I'm, I'm helping coach my oldest son in baseball right now, and some of the kids don't quite understand the rules. Like um, you know when there's a fly ball, less than two outs, you know you got to tag up before you run. Kids are just now starting to learn that. Uh, some of the other rules like uh, that and like just just you know. When well, like when they played, uh, they they used to playing t-ball where it's like one yeah. kid hits the ball and everyone run to, runs towards it. But I was telling my buddy, who's also a coach, you know, he and I grew up together. I'm like, I learned the rules of baseball by playing these games so much. Like I, yeah, I understand. That's how I learned baseball. I understood what an infield fly was by seeing that first on a video game, or you know, understanding balls and strikes. Because you know, right now the kids are just they just get five pitches, three swings. There's no balls and strikes. I understood that before I was like, you know, six years old because I played these stinking games so much. But uh, oh, yeah. and now my, it's really cool because my oldest son just downloaded um, the RBI baseball remake 2017 on PS4. And, uh, uh, he and my youngest son have been playing the snot out of that game. So I think he's starting to learn kind of like I did. So that's kind of exciting to, to kind of sit back and watch him do that. He's eating. Baseball and also baseball is a little more pick up and play than football did. Yeah. A little less complicated. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I always enjoyed playing uh, baseball games. 
and, and also because I never felt like I was very good at baseball, though we, you know, we would play little pickup games and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, never had the right glove for it. <laughs> Being left-handed, those were always harder to come by. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, left-handers don't have a. It's just hard for a left-hander to do good in the infield other than first base because you get such a turn to throw the first base. So. Yeah, that, yeah, that's always a rough one. You lefties, just the wrong sport for us. It's <laughs> funny, but yeah, I mean, gosh, baseball. You know, I'm coaching my son. I play church softball when I get a chance. That's it's kind of just my it's kind of my my thing to do outside. So, very passionate about these games. I'm actually looking at a starting lineup action figure. I'm hanging on my wall. Of Greg Maddox, who's my all-time favorite pitcher. I, I I wore his number when I played. My son wears his number now, 31. So. <laughs> that's my age now. Yeah. That's what I was last year. I'm 32 now. Woo, you're old. I am old. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, so that's cool. What else we got here? I could talk about this game for a long time. Um, let's talk about those logos. The, explain a little bit yeah. what you saw on that, that Texas Ranger logo. So the Texas Ranger, because, you know, I'm from Texas. Got to be the Texas Rangers. Um, I could have been the Astros, but I don't know if they were around. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah, okay. but yeah, the Texas Rangers is who, who I picked. Uh, the problem is, wh- whoever they got to draw the logo, it, it does not look like the state of Texas. It looks like the state of Texas got warped and misshapen, horribly disfigured. It's pretty bad, guys. <laughs> and just to kind of give you a, um, another example, like I just started a game with uh, Chicago and Pittsburgh. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Where do you go? Where's my screen? I really don't know where my screen's at. Anyways, like the logos for every team, and there's a few uh, YouTube videos that explain this. They, they, some of them get really, really stay close to the real team logo. It's like it's almost tiptoeing that copyright thing. Like I mentioned earlier, they only had the license to use the players, not the uh, teams. That's right. Oh, they got close. I'm like, ooh, how there's there not a lawsuit on that? But uh, yeah, cool stuff. I keep hitting this microphone, so I guess. <laughs> I gotta move this back to where it was. I'm trying to pick up my mouse and knock it on the ground. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, cool deal. So yeah, this game, man. Uh, graphics. I love touch on that. Um, I thought Ooh. I thought the so it zoomed in graphics a little bit with the batting and the pitching. So it's a little fuzzy with a lot of the kind of you know it looks a little pixelated, but I think the uh, animations and the uh, unique batting stances kind of make up for that yeah um i wasn't a big fan this is this is me being picky at a baseball game aaron so stay still yeah. um i wasn't a big fan of the pitcher's animation he almost throws his arm almost comes completely straight down which is i don't know it just looks funny you know most pitchers are kind of going a little bit diagonal when they come down on the pitch so that, that to me was a little funny and i did do did, did do the eck test which i called it on uh the game gear episode and Dennis Eckerlessy does not pitch sidearm, which kind of drives me nuts because most games at this time had him pitching sidearm, which kind of takes all the fun out of using him when he's on the mound. So that sucks. But anyways, <laughs> what do you think about the graphics? Uh, you know what? I think the graphics are pretty decent for an early Sega Genesis title. Definitely better than Tommy Lasorda, which is yes. the only Sega Genesis baseball game I could really compare it to. Uh, that came out in 1989. This was 92, so Sega had a few years to kind of clean things up a bit uh i think you know the graphics are nice and colorful you you've got three stadiums to choose from different color palettes a bit uh it it's serviceable i would not say it looks amazing or anything 
I think World Series Baseball 95 actually started to look really good and they were able to get it to look a little more realistic. But the graphics, they work. I would say the only thing, only gripe I might have is that uh, I think I would like if the outfield, or you know, if the uh, the actual fielding was a little, tiny bit more zoomed out, maybe. So you can see the whole field a little better. Yeah, and part of that problem just really has to do with these games, anyways. It's just how it goes. It wasn't until you got to like 3D baseball games where you could kind of see depth perspective yeah what helps in these games is that you can look at your uh your little radar map at the bottom right of the screen when you're on the fielding so you can see where the baseball is going yeah yeah good point that was handy good point because i don't yeah because if you didn't have one of those especially like either way defense or offense because in offense it helps with your base running i think the game would just be broken if that wasn't there that's a point you really do need that because your perspective is you can basically see the length uh, from the home plate to about the other side of uh, second base. <laughs> you know, basically that's like your viewing angle. So it helps to have the radar, the map at the bottom right to see where the ball's going. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know what I was going to say. I picked, I picked Pittsburgh because I saw them on a video where they were making fun of that logo, how close it was. So the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, their logo, of course, is kind of like a, uh, it almost looks like a little uh, triangle with a pirate in it. And it says Pirates at the top of it. Well, they used that same logo almost. And, but whoever drew it, instead of writing Pirates at the top of it, they wrote Pits. <laughs> so <laughs> that was funny. I'm like, wow, that's close. They were actually talking about that. I believe it was a uh, CGR um, episode. Really funny. That's hilarious. So, okay. How about I thought, they were, I thought these were the real logos? Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> well, you know what? When I was a kid, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, and much later on in life, I started playing these again. I thought, well, the team names aren't there. What's up with that? And then get a look. Not the same thing with uh, what was it? Was it Tecmo Super Bowl that didn't have one of the licenses? I couldn't remember. Probably. I'm trying to think. I know Super Bowl had them because they had the play, the helmet logos when you picked your team. It might have been the oh, first one. Oh, maybe it was one. Tecmo Bowl that didn't have yeah, it. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think it's the first Tecmo Bowl. And, and also NFL football. Good old Nintendo <laughs> trying to do a football game. Love yeah. it. Well, yeah, even the early uh, MLB baseball, uh, you had the teams, but you didn't have players. And the same thing for uh, King Griffey Jr. You had the teams, the team logos. You had the real player stats. But you didn't have the real players' names, which I like the way they did the names in there, anyways, because they use some real funny uh, names from, like, like <laughs> if, if you pick Philadelphia, you have players like, uh, I believe one was like, like Thomas Jefferson and things like that. So, oh, I love is, that. Which is great. Kind of reminds me of uh, Fire Pro Wrestling, where they would have oh, the yes. real players' stats and their likenesses. Exactly. But they would change their outfits or change uh, their names. Like Hulk Hogan became Axe Duggan. Yep, yep, yep. It's my favorite. Yeah, that's exactly Love right. It. Yeah. <laughs> kind of had a little humor to it as well. Yep. Yeah, cool. All right. How about sound? We talked a little bit about the announcer guy. What do you think of the music in here? Uh, The music, again, it's more serviceable than anything yeah. to me. I've definitely heard it's not terrible, but it's very basic. Yeah. It's about as basic as the Sega Genesis can do. <laughs> it's not it's like. It's not obnoxious, but it's like, oh, did they really, like 
they just use the most basic, basic of uh, sound design choices. Like, they use the default patch for the brass and the organ, and that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> that's right. So it really does sound like coming straight out of your sound blast PC. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like an early DOS game. From the 90s. Yeah, exactly, and it's definitely not mem- uh, memorable because all when you think about this game, I can't like how many tunes into my head. It's usually just making fun of the announcer. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'll play games like uh, yeah, I was a guest on Two Dudes in the Nest when we talked about Bad News Baseball, which is a uh, kind of a yeah, yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that, but the tunes in that game are so good, and every uh, every team has their own like kind of song they do when they're on the batting. And all, on offense, and I can hum like every. It is so good, the music in that game. So um, yeah, I, I kind of get a little, a little happy. And then like King Griffey Jr. Baseball, it's got a heck of a tune in it. And there, there's parts in it where it's just like a just a bass playing, and it comes in with the drums. And it's actually got. A, it, it's very repetitive because it's about the same song every game, but it's really good. It's one of those things. Every time I pop the game, I'm like, yeah, there it is. But, but not not so much in this game. No, Tecmo had a really solid uh, composers for their games. Yeah, they did. Wasn't there um, wasn't there more than one baseball game they put out? Yeah, was bad news. Maybe like Tecmo. Yeah, I had their Tecmo World Baseball game, and I really hated it. Um, the the view was from behind the pitcher, and there was like yeah. no depth perception at all. So like it, the pitches from the pitcher mound to the home plate looked like it was like two inches, and I I just wasn't a fan of that game. A lot of people like that, and um, just wasn't wasn't for me. I think it's like when I try to play. Well, the problem with NBA basketball is like, oh, look, we got the players in the game. The problem was they hadn't figured out basketball in the yeah, yeah. And the sprite flicker was atrocious in that game. Absolutely. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I could go on for a while. Did you? Uh, so I'm assuming you picked the Rangers. Was there? Did you do a season or did you? Uh, I honestly I played a few games and lost. <laughs> There was at one one point where I scored a few, I scored some home runs, and uh, I think I saw a whole game through, but I never, never seemed to be able to win, which is not good, but it's more of a testament to my skill today than <laughs> the fault of this game. Uh, it's just me needing to get good and not be a scrub. I tend so that's a good point. Um, even today, when I buy new sports games, like I, I tried playing MLB The Show about two years ago. Try to get back into that. I've wanted to play a new baseball game. I just really haven't played one since uh, N64 or Sega Saturn. It takes forever, like you, like you're saying, like the new sports games. That's an investment. You gotta set up all your roster. It's just it's crazy. But it took me a good three or four days to actually win a game. Like just getting used to the mechanics and timing the pitches. It's just. I, I, I'm not a big fan of, of modern sports games. Like, like I mentioned, every now and then I'll try to get into one, but that's why I always come back to the retro games, especially the ones you can customize and you don't have to worry about. Um, you know, I, I like having fresh stats, of course, but just being able to pop in a game and just turning it on, okay, I'm going to time this pitch, I'm going to hit it, and that's baseball. I don't have to worry about like a like a target indicator and move my... Oh, yeah, the radical. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I, I've probably mentioned that about every podcast I've been on, talking about retro games, retro sports games. But um, that's definitely a huge point for me that I I continue to put retro sports games back into my collections. Every time I go out and uh, 
go to the stores. I'm like, oh man, you know, NBA Live '98 was a good one. It wasn't as good as '95, you know. And people are yeah. just like, man, you really know your retro sports games. <laughs> hey, that makes this podcast unique because most retro gaming podcasts I listen to skip over all the yeah. sports titles because they're like, oh, I didn't grow up with that, so I'm not going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And and it was always. Uh, I mentioned this too on a few podcasts. My uh, local rental store always had uh, rent three games for five dollars uh, for the weekend, and I would always like my three games are always pretty, you know, pretty common. I'd have a sports game, I'd have like a fighting game, and then I'd have like a deep action or RPG game for the third one. So I always had a nice, always had a nice variety of games I could just play. And gosh, during the winter time, it was just play all night and play all day. And, you know, it was really cool. Yeah. Now I have a question for you. Nick. In this game, before you start the match, you can change the order of your players, or change their positions. Did you find yourself doing that at all? <laughs> yeah, um, this is one of those things where I'm such a big Atlanta Braves fan. Um, I'm a big Jeff Blauser fan who was a shortstop uh, in the 90s, and he wasn't a starter on this game, so I always removed uh, Rafael Billiard and put Jeff Blauser in. <laughs> And I uh, also with uh, Mark Lemke. <laughs> it's funny. Mark Lemke was a second baseman for the Braves, and I actually have a mug of his I found at a flea market a while back. But uh, I usually put him in the game too. He's not as good as a second baseman that starts, but uh, it's just one of those childhood things where I love those two in the middle of the infield, second base and shortstop. So yeah, I did that a lot. <laughs> and I moved the, li- moved the lineup around a little bit. And, uh, to where I kind of liked him. So. That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> I, I've never, yeah, anytime I play a baseball game, I think I just go with the defaults, and probably because I don't know the players. So I'm just like, ah, oh, these stats look good enough to me, <laughs> if I can even read them. You know, I, I understand batting average and pitching speed, but beyond that, I, you know, yeah, RBIs, I understand that. <laughs> one, one of the most pure uh, baseball games ever made, um, just with the gameplay-wise and, and everything, was uh, MVP Baseball 2005. Uh, it was out on PS2 and Xbox. And, yeah, uh, I heard that's probably the last great oh, was, quote, quote, baseball game, isn't it? Especially, especially from EA. They haven't made one. I think they made a couple college ones. But uh, anyways, one of my favorite things to do, I still play that game to this day. One of my favorite things to do, they have like a fantasy draft where you just pick a team and they throw all the players out in the pool. And uh, I literally will go find like every Brave that ever played <laughs> for the Braves in that time period that I liked. So, like, you know, at the time, Greg Maddox went back and pitched for the Cubs a little bit, so I go and I draft him. And uh, Gary Sheffield played for the Braves for, like, half a season. I'll draft him. You know, I really like Gary Sheffield. It's just, like, I'll still do that to this day and kind of make my fantasy team uh, from those players right there in the mid-2000s and just play the snot out of the game. But, yeah, that, that, that game, you know, it's not, not Sega at all, but that, that game was one of the ones where it didn't have the reticle. Um, it was very advanced in, like, how you – if you hit left – and like try to hit an outs an outside pitch, but they threw it inside. It jam you up. Like it was very touchy like that, but it was real easy to pick up and play. I, I definitely missed that game. They need to come back. Yeah, come back with a baseball game. Don't make it too yeah. crazy. <laughs> Not too crazy. Don't be like uh, Visual Concepts before they ground it into the dirt. Yeah. With uh, their baseball games, kind of disappointed me with me because they took out fielding. Yeah. There was no fielding. Yeah, exactly. It's like half of baseball, guys. Come yeah. on. And I always kind of wish there was a Mutant League baseball, but I think Super Baseball 2020, now that you've... Uh, that too. Yeah, yeah. Super Baseball 2020 and uh, Base Wars are about the closest. Yeah. Year. I'm so glad you... Like, I knew Super Baseball 2020 was out there. And I just When I saw it, I thought, eh, maybe not for me, but the more and more you talked about it, I finally picked it up. 
Yeah, love, that game's so good. My kids love it, I too. I just love the fact that uh, there's no foul balls. Yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. unless uh, it gets hit behind home base. Yeah, that is a gorgeous <laughs> game. The graphics on the game are just gorgeous. It's a great-looking game, yeah. for sure. Yep. And it's, it's fun. It's, it moves pretty fast. <laughs> Man, we're everywhere on this, aren't we? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well, hey, Super Baseball 2020. I think it's being re-released on PS4. So is that right? Yeah. Modern systems, you can grab it pretty soon. What? For the trophies alone, I'll probably go get that. Yeah. That'd be fun. I'll have to Google that. Huh? But uh, <laughs> yeah, sports talk baseball. I don't really have too much more to add about it. It's, you know, what you see is what you get. Yep. There's not anything too crazy. Uh, that I can think of, you know, it's not like uh, there were. Do you remember like the versions of Madden where you could do like a whole training session? Yeah. Like that was, uh, and you do like drills and stuff. That was interesting. Yeah. I just get man. I gonna go on that rant again. I tried playing a uh, recent basketball game, and there, there's this mode where you have to like create your own basketball player and play him through high school and college. I'm like, oh, I just want to play basketball. I don't want all this. <laughs> Yeah, that's... Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I don't have much else to say. I'll definitely wrap it up here in a little bit. But uh, since we're here in the show, let's go ahead and do retrofitted achievements. The General Christian's retrofitted achievements. All right. I have so many. Not. I have one. <laughs> We'll go for it. Ran whopping one. I will go for it. Uh, the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. Is that Texas? Yeah. Really? And so that's uh, picking the Texas Rangers. I'm kind of wondering what that barbecue piece of whatever that is uh, is on your screen. It's not Texas. <laughs> that's awesome. So I have three. I didn't come up with very many. Um, I, I tend when I when I when we review games for the gems, I tend to uh, like I have dual screens at my computer. In one screen, I'll put the Genesis game. On the other one, I'll have my notes. And yeah, I tend to kind of hit pause and take a note, hit pause. But uh, where I played this game so much, I didn't do that. I kind of wanted this to be more organic. Uh, so so I don't have a lot of <laughs> retrofitted achievements. But I got three. Uh, the first one is the Eck test, which I just mentioned, and. Uh, this is pitching with Dennis Eklercy, and of course he's not sidearm, so they failed the Ek test. Um, my next one is uh, Bash Bros for the win, and that's hitting a home run in the same inning with Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. And for those of you who don't know, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire were known as the Bash Brothers, because uh, they were huge steroid-injected guys who had a lot of home runs <laughs> yes, for the Oakleys. So, uh, Mark McGuire used to look like a bean pole before he juiced up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and he, you know, you'll you'll hear some stories about how Jose Canseco kind of introduced him to some of that stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. But um, my last one is called Sonic Boom, and this is hitting a home run and then seeing Sonic up on the scoreboard. There's a picture of Sonic up here kind of lit up in the black screen with the little yellow lights, kind of pixel, pixel by pixel up here. So there you go. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, let's ask the big question here. Is Sports Talk Baseball a gym? Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good or is it garbage? Um, critical reception, it's kind of odd. I went to Moby Games, and there wasn't any uh, Moby rank or any of the critic scores. Uh, I did find a really... Uh, 
cool to view, and it's it's a little bit more recent than 1992. This was from the Video Game Critic, and it was uh, published on June 18th of 2006. And the headline says, uh, Playing head-to-head is great, but single-player mode is respectable as well, with aggressive CPU-controlled opponents that even try to steal bases. Sport, sports Talk lets you play a whole season via the battery backup, but its menu interface is woefully slow and clunky. One bizarre feature is the game's domination rule, which abruptly ends the contest when one team goes up by 10 runs. What the heck is that all about? Another issue is the lack of an instant replay. Oh well, this is a 92 game, so I guess you can't ask for too much. But if you're looking for pure fun, Sports Talk Baseball is definitely the way to go. I thought that was kind of cool. We didn't mention the 10-run rule. Um, yeah, there's definitely no... Uh, yeah, I forgot. That actually did happen to me. I, <laughs> I lost. There's no 10... There's definitely no 10-run rule in Major League Baseball, but that's very that's very <laughs> common in like uh, you know kids pitch and uh, things like that. So it, they just want you to keep playing. <laughs> so, so as far as listener feedback, um, I was actually shocked. I thought we'd have less, but um, apparently we do have some sports fans out there. And you know, I definitely wanted to cover this game at this time of the year because you know we just had the All-Star game happen a couple of days ago. So baseball is in full swing right now. Gets me all excited. I'm coaching baseball with my kid. It's on TV, and I get to talk about it on a podcast. It's great. So anyways, the first uh, comment comes from Brian Jellison. He would say, I would say good, but just barely. Daniel Walker says, I played a lot of this with my brother growing up. I was impressed with the voiceover at the time. I can't say it's a gem, though. I'd go with good. Uh, Andrew Coed says, I didn't play too many uh, baseball games growing up, but I remember playing and enjoying this one. Love the commentary. Still remember the digitized old man voice can't say Jim because it's not a must own for me and there may be better baseball games out there but I liked it so I will say good David Miller says I'm still a f- I'm still a bit behind on my podcast listening since I listen to them all chronologically the next episode of this one coming up is rock and roll racing laugh out loud <laughs> that being said with regards to baseball video games the only one I played as a kid uh, what do you say was basically sorry was bases loaded two for the NES which I played the ever-loving heck out of. I can still hear that wow of a pop fly and of a home run. I always liked hearing about other games, uh, specifically this one. I just can't be bothered to play them, haha. <laughs> the only other baseball game I've ever played for more than a few minutes, aside from Bases Loaded 2, was The Bigs 2 on PS2. So He didn't really give a rating there, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Jim Jones says, passes an hour, what's in between good and garbage? <laughs> I think we call that good bitch, but we won't we won't make that official. Uh, Freddy Velasquez says, "It's okay. I remember having fun with this one when it first came out, but there are a lot better baseball games on the system." Uh, Freddy, let us know what those better baseball games are. I'm just curious. Uh, Alex Burr says, "I will personally call this game a gem, but that is through perhaps the most rosiest colored glasses. This is one of my most one of my five most important games of my childhood." I used to play this game in high school and college and actually kept stats and scorebooks and stuff. I have probably finished 10 to 15 full 162 game seasons. Luckily, once you win the division, you don't have to finish out the meaningless game. So many great memories, but it's quite tough to get used to the fielding. There's no safety net there, pretty much. Fooling Grandpa, the sports talk guy, was and is one of my favorite funny things to do in all of video games. Slamming the infield in and out uh, 200 times and just laughing while he takes five minutes to catch up with all your button presses is hilarious. Also, if you throw a runner out at first with no one else on base, send the first baseman running towards another base and then throw back to first with nobody there. We'll send the ball off the sidewall and thus confuse Grandpa to exclaim, off the wall, and the crowd goes wild. (laughs) Honestly, this is probably the best baseball game for one reason or another, pre-World Series baseball. That being said, it it is a quaint game and 
Japanese only ballparks and a crazy 10 run rule. It legitimately is a good game, but not a gym. I will always be unstoppable with my 91 Detroit Tigers led by Cecil Fielder and Mickey Tettleton. And then he says, oh yes, and I read a review of this game back in college, and I am going to put that review in our show notes. I think that's awesome, Alex. So that will be going in our show notes. I'm taking that note now. I'm trying to take up some space here. Blah, 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 blah. There it is. Okay, cool. Uh, Andy Lewis wraps it up here and says, infield back, infield in, infield normal, infield back, infield in, infield normal, infield back, infield in, infield normal, back in, normal, back, back. Best way to annoy my brother. <laughs> so. So there's some cool memories out there. I was I was actually very surprised with that. I thought that was really cool. Loved Alex Burr's comments again. Uh, go check out his article. I will be posting it on the show notes. All right, man. So sports talk baseball. Um, I'm kind of like Alex in this. I am seeing this game through my rose-colored retro eyes. Um, this game is a total gem for me. I would say, other than Super Baseball 2020, this is the best game on the Genesis. I'm very, very curious what uh, Freddie has to say, what his favorite baseball game was uh, on the Genesis. So I'm giving this game a gem. This is, again, probably my bias because <laughs> I love this game so much. I pop it in every baseball season. I play through many, many games of it. Uh, absolutely love it. The batting stances are wonderful. Uh, I think the pacing of the game may be a little slow, but I have no problem playing it. Uh, definitely going to call this game a Genesis gem in my book. What do you think, Aaron? I, I I will go with just good, um, and I think I think it feels a little dated now, uh, only because of the I think maybe back then I might have called it a gem. I say it's just good. It's probably not my favorite baseball game uh, on the Sega Genesis, but most people, if we're I guess if we're comparing it to other games in the baseball category, it'd probably be considered a gem. Um, I don't know. I will say just good. There you if that's go. okay. That's fine. Yeah. I have no problem with that. What episode did we say this was? Did I get that wrong? Did you say 58? I think I did. I'm looking at our ranking sheet and uh, getting a little worried. <laughs> 56. No, that's right. I think, the, I think I typed in the ranking sheet wrong because Maze and Saga was 56. No, Maze and Saga was 57. I typed in it. Sorry, listeners, if you know our ranking sheet's wrong. All right, yeah, episode 57. So this is episode 58, and I know, and because you all said mostly good, so, so Aaron and I kind of, to throw a tiebreaker in there, I said it was a gem, Aaron said it was good. Um, because all the listeners said it was mainly just good, I'm going to have to lay the gavel down and cry myself to sleep and say this game is just good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright man, so I'm trying to write down all the times when I say this stuff to so make editing a little easier. <laughs> Gavel, one hour and 35 minutes. <laughs> All right. All right, so I'm looking at the ranking sheet right now. Um, yep. and if, if you guys want to see the ranking sheet, go to GenesisGymsPodcast.com, click on the ranking button. You can see all the games we have played and covered and we ranked. Um, so I kind of want to get an idea here. I'm going to look for some sports games. Um, yeah. So Jerry Glanville's Pigskin Football. I think it was better than Jerry Glanville's Pigskin Football. I think so, for sure. Okay, now going up the list a little bit. When's the next sports game we played? It's probably NBA. It's definitely not better than NBA Live 95. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, looking up from Pigskin Football, I don't think it was better than Mutant Fighter. I do think it was better than Super WrestleMania. Uh, yes, it was definitely better than Super WrestleMania. I think it was better than 
I would put it. Uh, maybe it is better mutant fighter. Because now that I'm looking up, I'm thinking X Men's better than. There's X Men, Bonanza Brothers. Oh gosh, Crewball. That's tough, man. Yeah. Right, saying, where would you put this? I would say maybe put this right below Wolfchild. Yes, yes, because I don't think it's better than. It's definitely better than X Mutants. I agree. It's hard to quantify, uh, but if we're talking about like everything that went into a game, <laughs> yeah, 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 I would say, yeah. While all of the phrases, over 300 phrases, are said in this game, um, I would put it right below Wolfchild and above Shadow Blast. All, right. all right, so that means Sports Talk Baseball is now our number 35 game, right behind Wolfchild, which was 34. Uh, big shout out to Phil from No Sport Gamer for making sure I say that on the show. <laughs> the first few times we did the ranking, he mentioned, "Hey, you really need to make sure you uh, let your audience know what the number is." I don't, I, we don't get the luxury like Phil to have that cool video he does. <laughs> so another big shout out to No Sport Gamer. But yeah, this will be the new number 35. It is good. It's one of the top good games we did because uh, Wolfchild is good and it's just below the gems. So there you go. Yeah. Cool. I think that's perfect. Couldn't awesome. get more perfect, Aaron. Right. That's right, and I didn't even realize uh, you guys had rated Target Earth a gem. We I did. was not on that episode, so it doesn't exist. Have you played that game? <laughs> actually, I played it a little it's really bit. Good. It's hard it is hard, but man, I had there's a blast. A of it. Is there? Yeah, there's a remake of it. I think yeah. on PS3. I think we talked about that. I'm sure. Actually. We did at some point. <laughs> oh jeez, this this it's funny because uh, we're getting old. Well, and I and I it, it, this is very. Uh, very hypocritical of me. I used to listen to like retro knots a lot. I haven't, I haven't listened to it in years, but uh, they used to say things and be like, yeah, you know, I don't think we've ever talked about this. And I'm like, yes, you did two years ago in episode 13. I mean, that's like, now that I'm on my own podcast, I'm like, yeah, I can't even remember what I said two weeks ago. So, yeah, so. I sometimes I can't remember what you said five minutes ago. <laughs> what, what? What are we talking about? <laughs> it is kind of fun like uh, every now and then I'll go back and listen to the first few episodes of the gyms and like wow we came a long way like with quality and just the segments and I, r- I really like our segments that uh, you know the latest episode of No Swear Gamer he even uh, he even used our good or the garbage good and gym rating which I thought was pretty cool so it's one thing I like uh, I will say I do like from another show I, I like uh, Retro Bliss I like their uh, trivia questions yeah. That's a pretty cool segment, guys. I enjoy that. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Where they ask each other questions, and it's not for it's not really for points or anything, but uh, they'll just do like, so how much do you think this game is worth, or some like fun fact? Yeah, something around that time. Which I, I believe the first time I ever heard that was actually when uh, Rob and Landon first started the Retro Junkies a long time ago. They used to do uh, trivia, and then I know uh, the two dudes do it as well. Whenever they have I guests think we on. did it on Retro Obscura at one time, and then whoever lost uh, at Trivia had to sing a song. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> now, yeah, because I remember Adam singing. I'm like, man, he's got a pretty good voice. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing. No, you don't. All right, guys. Well, we ranked it. We said if it was a dirt gym, it is good. So if you guys want to check us out, please go to our website. It's got all of our links, www.genesisgymspodcast.com. I don't even think I mentioned Patreon that much. Please go to patreon.com slash genesisgyms. Um, we are on there. We're like, and I, I did I think of the link, but we did talk about it. So please go there. Donate a dollar. You're going to get four awesome episodes that are already out there. We're working on number five here soon, uh, Typing of the Dead. Can't wait to cover that game. But guys, we did mention our next show. We will be hosting uh, the guys from Retro Bliss. Can't wait for that. But our next show, 
uh, we're going to continue the trend of some not so popular games. Um, Aaron, tell them, tell them what game we're going to cover next. Uh, well, it's it's a catastrophe. That's all I can say. <laughs> Dying cat noises. <laughs> That's right. Jeez, <laughs> like on cue, the keyboard's about to fall over again. Uh, yeah, dying cat noises. Well, uh, all I can say is, what could possibly go wrong? Now? What could possibly go wrong with the next game pick? Uh, yeah. It starts with a B and ends with awful. No, Bubsy. <laughs> yeah, it's Bubsy. It's Bubsy. Bubsy. Yeah. So uh, that'll be fun. Can't wait to talk to those guys. I've been. Uh, I need to really, really dig into their podcast. They release their episodes fast too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So good for those guys. That's definitely not a. Definitely takes a lot of work. I, I know from a. Um, well, they have someone who produces their show. So, hey, maybe if we get enough Patreon support, yeah. we'll just pay someone to produce our show. Yeah. If anyone wants to do that, if, if someone wants to produce our show for a dollar a month, I will pay you a dollar a month. <laughs> that's, that's, that's in our budget, a dollar a month. <laughs> the only thing we've actually bought ourselves is a nice uh, pop filter for Aaron. So. <laughs> yes, I'm using it right now instead of a sock, and it's it's beautiful. So yeah. thank you, guys. All the other extra money goes to our reward tiers. It's pretty cool because they've gotten three already. So a couple of the gentlemen who've supported uh, 20 $20 or more, I believe, $25, have received a t-shirt, a Genesis Gems custom t-shirt, a Genesis Gems custom mouse pad, and most recently, if you look at our uh, Facebook page, a Genesis Gems custom ink pen, and they all, they all seem pretty excited about that, and uh, I mentioned a while back, she hasn't quite completed it yet, but my, mo- my mom's actually working on some uh, customized Genesis Gems art, it's going to be really cool, and uh, we're going to make prints of it, put them in little frames, and yeah, send them out to the uh, supporters who had a certain tier, so... And I'll also probably put those up for sale on our website as well. So she's a wonderful artist. I sent her over some pictures of some Genesis characters of my favorite. So she's going to put a little, uh, little uh, her own interpretation of over there. So it's going to be cool. I, I, she was drawing Sonic the other day, and he kind of looked like super chubby, and I kind of liked it. <laughs> so That's great. Had the big big belly, so I was like, yeah, keep that up. I, I wanted her own interpretation of the characters. So. Sauce. What's that? Is he eating a chili dog with sauce? Ooh, no, that's a good idea. Having no, it's a dr- a hot dog with sauce. Hot dog with sauce, yeah. It's not going to be a dungeon here. I <laughs> chili dog Down with sauce. Texas, chili, dog. chili dog with sauce would just be a chili dog with ketchup as well. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the, the West Virginia dog is, is the hot dog sauce, mustard, and onions on top. So good. There you go. So good. All right, guys. <laughs> Crispy bun. Gotta, you know, toast it a little bit. Good stuff. Well, all right, fellers, we definitely appreciate all the support. Uh, definitely appreciate you all being patient, patient with us. We've been pretty consistent with two episodes a month. Uh, past few months have been a little eh here and there, but uh, we're definitely going to try to stick with two episodes of the Gems a month and then one episode of the Patreon. So stick with us. We're definitely going to keep at that. Uh, definitely appreciate all the listens, all the support. Uh, love hearing the newer listeners. So if you're a listener who's not involved in our Facebook group, and um, if you don't like that kind of stuff, just shoot us an email. I would love to hear from you. Um, that's definitely probably my favorite part of uh, podcasting is just the community we have. So um, it definitely helps, you know, having a bad day at work, pop up in my, you know, my phone a break or something, looking at all the uh, communication going on in the community. Love it. Love that we've been able to bring a community together of people who love uh, retro gaming and uh, Genesis. So uh, definitely want to keep that up. So anybody out there who doesn't feel comfortable being in a community like that, would love just to hear from you. Even if you don't want me to read your email on the show, just shoot us an email. I'd just love to interact with you. It'd be, be fun. So uh, definitely want to encourage someone to do that. And uh, Aaron, do you have anything else you want to add? 
just thank you guys for listening and of course and toot my own horn uh you can always find my music over on bandcamp if you like uh um and we really appreciate you guys thank you for listening and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode oh yeah episode 59 man we're missing 60 crazy (laughs) all right guys well with that we will catch y'all later We would like to give a big thank you to the following patrons. Chris Vanderhoff, Jared Adams, Daniel Tolan, Andrew Coed, Stephen Govditch, Otto Gregerson, Rob Luther, Jim Jones Jim, Matt Daly, Alex, Bastian Nocera, Alex Ray, Jason Wilson, Bradley Smith, Alan Tracy, Nick Mellon, Trevor Franklin, Andy Layton, NZ17, John Grayson, Joshua Witt, Landon Long, and Michael. Thank you for being a gym.